Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Happy Tuesday to you. It is November 1st, 2022. I'm Trey Crowder, and that's Mark Agee. What's up, Mark? What's up, Trey? I uh, hope you're doing good. But uh, lots to talk about today, um, including little hammers and uh, mm-hmm. how the right has gotten so good at bullshit. It's not clear whether they're gaslighting us or themselves anymore. Um, uh, before we get to the show, a couple of things. Bolsonaro lost in Brazil, which is fucking did, great news. Did he, though, region. Mark? It's, uh, it's still up in the air a little bit, isn't it, as I understand it. He's not he yet did. conceded, right? Well, he won't congratulate Lula, but he did uh, say that transition can commence, even though a bunch of like right-wing oh, okay. truck drivers have blockaded right. roads all over Brazil, yeah. like 18 or 26 states or whatever. It's like um, we've said before, like the way we export that, but it's like our number one export now. America's number one export is that particular brand of uh, <laughs> radicalized stupidity. <laughs> yeah, like the dumbest shit we come up with. The dumbasses in other countries see it and they're like, well, "That's that's uh, cutting edge dumbassery right there." Yeah, I think two of our biggest exports right now are like showbiz stuff and uh, tech. So that's how that stuff travels. Uh, yeah, but Brazil is probably the world's second most important democracy in the world when it comes to environmental stuff uh, behind us. So that's good because Lula was good on deforestation in the Amazon, which is like if you're when it comes to the logic that we had to invade Iraq, like it's <laughs> the Amazon is a doomsday device that will destroy the planet if it's raised. Right. And so the logic there is much more one to one. We don't think of it that way. So it's just mm-hmm. like I'm not saying we should. Invade I, was, I was about to, I was about to say, <laughs> so you're you're advocating for us to pull a little coup or inviting them and just, you know, bringing them some more freedom and doing what's best for the people of Brazil. With our I'm actually like <laughs> someone was calling it like the, C- the CIA flop era because a bunch of leftists had taken power in South America. And Lula re- like Lula was president before, and he's reascended the presidency after being like convicted on some trumped up charges, um, which I assume the CIA was involved in that. But I'd say it's pretty funny that uh, yeah, they can't when uh, Biden and Bernie first, but then Biden also said we need a free and fair election in Venezuela, and people took it as a message to Bolsonaro, and I think. More likely is also a message to the CIA. <laughs> so that was funny to me. Um, in legal news, I'm about the Supreme Court a little bit today, but the Supreme Court uh, denied Lindsey Graham's uh, petition to not testify in front of the Georgia grand jury. So that was pretty funny. The logic of his uh, appeal was that it, the speech and debate clause of the Constitution allows him to, in his private office, call the Georgia Secretary of State and tell him to change the election results, which is like... Speech and debate clauses, for example, if you read like some crazy shit that American, uh, the executive branch has done, you can go on the floor of Congress and reveal it without breaking like, uh, uh, you know, top, laws around top secret shit. Uh, but Lindsey Graham was just trying to apply it to like doing a coup. I don't yeah. know how bad they, <laughs> I'm glad they uh, well, uh, smacked it down. Although they did. Yeah, well, I mean, shoot through. your shot, you know. What, yeah. what else you get? I mean, I'm not, I mean, you know, wouldn't it surprise me if it did work? Uh, you know, the way they've been trending lately. So hard to yeah. blame Lindsay, I guess. <laughs> John Roberts did uh, temporarily hop because uh, they, they the court, courts had ruled that they, uh, Congress could get a hold of Trump's taxes and they uh, yeah. appealed to the Supreme Court. And they, 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 he stayed that for a while. So I'm assuming they're trying to run out the clock until they get a Republican Congress and they just withdraw the subpoena. So, yeah, that's how that goes. Um, this is a fun story. What we're talking about, the election uh, election. Uh, bullshit um so the true the vote organization is being sued in texas um these two uh go by the name of katherine engelbrecht and greg phillips 
They're being sued by a company called Connick, uh, Connick, Connick, K-O-N-N-E-C-H, a uh, company based in Michigan that provides uh, election worker, uh, poll worker management software. Because um, <laughs> the CEO is a guy named Eugene Yu, who, uh, Yu, they accused him of being a, a Chinese communist spy and <laughs> to help throw the election to Biden. And he, he got a bunch of death threats, so he's suing them for defamation. And... These people's story is fucking wild, Trey. Uh, they say they had an analyst. His name is Mike Hassan. They revealed his name reluctantly, uh, who figured out that Connick had been up to no good with the Chinese government or whatever. And so the judge is like, okay, I want to talk to this Mike Hassan guy. And they're like, we can't reach him because he's in hiding. And the judge goes, okay, well, if he's in hiding, you can't reach him. How do you know he's in hiding? Yeah. <laughs> and then when I got on the stand to testify, they said, actually, there was a second analyst there. And the judge goes, OK, what's that person's name? And they're like, we're not going to tell you because he's also in hiding. And if he, we reveal his name, he'll be murdered by dr- Mexican drug cartels. <laughs> yeah, you'll have that. <laughs> yeah. And the judge is like, OK, well, you got to tell me his name by Monday or you're going to jail. And then Monday was yesterday and they didn't, didn't say who the second guy was. So they're in fucking jail right now. So that's that's today's edition of Fuck Around and Find Out. But here's the plot twist, Ray. Uh, you, the guy who's suing them, was arrested in Los Angeles because he, he for breaching his contract. There's the two jamokes. Um, <laughs> because he did uh, get break his contract by storing some of the poll worker data on a server in China. <laughs> so it, it doesn't necessarily mean anything because I'm not sure what the Chinese government would do with poll worker data to fucking like, this is just like payroll stuff. I'm assuming to, to rig an election, uh, much less why they would swing it to Biden. Cause China likes it when Trump's president, but <laughs> it's just, they would, it's right. It's, it's total bullshit, but they would have had enough to hand their conspiracy theory on. Right. Just waited. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, you know they're losing their minds in their conspiracy basement. I wonder how much money people like this spend on, you know, uh, red string and thumbtacks and court boards and stuff. You know what I mean? Down there making their spider web, connecting all the dots between China and Biden and this guy and the Mexican drug cartel and all this shit. Like, it's always something with them. But this they one guy, to- hey, that's a real Texas Ranger looking some bitch right there. Uh, yeah, yeah. The uh, so yeah, they don't even need to, need to connect the dots though. These motherfuckers could look at the big look at the big dipper and draw the Mona Lisa. So like it doesn't. Like, right. It's what we're going to talk about today when it gets to the Pelosi hammer attack stuff. But like it's wild, man. They can just make up stuff out of thin air and make it their whole reality. Oh yeah. Uh, don't hit. No, don't hit. I agree. All right. <laughs> Well, let's get into it. With us, as always, is producer Matt. This is Weekly Skews. I do want to remind you, of course, real quick, two things. Number one, if you'd like to see me perform live, go to TreyCrowder.com. Uh, once again, still haven't updated that graphic. It, it'll, it'll happen. <laughs> but I got some L.A. area shows this month. The weekend before Christmas, I'll be with Corey and Drew in Nashville at Zanies, as we always do for our big homecoming holiday shows. <laughs> And then in 2023, I've been a whole bunch of places. So go to TreyCrowder.com and check it out. Number two, if you enjoy this program and would like to show your support, you can do so by signing up on Patreon. $5 a month gets you access to full-length bonus episodes. We did one on Friday about what is wrong with polling. 
And we've got plenty more in store. We hope you'll go to weeklyskews.com slash more, or you can just go on Patreon and look me up. Either way works. Sign up on there, get some more skews in your life. Now, as for the show tonight, as Mark alluded to, in the wake of the vicious attack on Nancy Pelosi's husband in their home, right-wing pundits are desperately grasping for any possible explanation for this senseless crime. Except, of course, the most immediate and obvious one. We'll discuss it in detail in a few minutes. But first, let's begin, as always, with the Daily Dumbass, man. Tonight's DD, anyone who thinks a 50-year-old's brain is fully developed, listen to this Georgia voter's rationale regarding the Herschel Walker abortion situation. Does it matter to you if it's true or not? No. As long as he is um, had a change of heart... I mean, we all do things when we're young, naive. He's an adult now. What matter to you if it's? I swear, if that damn Tom Petty song playing in the background of that gets this uh, whole <laughs> whole episode stricken or something, it's gonna uh, drive me insane. But that's all right. Anyway, listen, I, I can't. The one thing I'll say is, like, you know, I do feel like. Herschel Walker has the brain of a small child, you know what I mean? <laughs> but I don't think small children should be making abortion decisions necessarily. But, uh, but yeah, no, it's wild to couch this as like, well, listen, you live and you learn. Uh, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> abortions, abortions, murder. He paid for a right. murder, but like, you know, we all made mistakes. But he was young. Um, he was young yeah. and naive. So we, who among us hasn't paid for a murder? Uh, the way I say things. Um, Lost yeah. in all this, a, a second woman came forward this week who lives in, who's from Dallas. I guess is from when Herschel played for the Cowboys. Who said that he pressured to get an abortion and essentially said that if she didn't get an abortion because of his wife's family, that she neither she nor the baby would be safe. Uh, so she, he was like threatening. He her said life. that. Yes. I can't believe Herschel Walker would threaten a woman's life. That seems so out of character for him. It's like, it's hard to keep up with the numbers of both abortions he's paid for and lives of women that he's threatened. It's like, you should, you know, it's a, it's a wild thing to have a multiple unit list of, uh, you know, he just keeps racking them up. Stand up guy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what to say about this anymore. If he wins, I'm going to fucking, uh, I don't know. Piss and moan know. on the show about yes, it with me for the next. On the show. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's also what I'm planning to do. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I swear to God, I'll do it too. I will. You wait I'll and see. You so wait hard. and see. Say I won't, but if, it, if if he wins, you'll see. I will yeah. piss and moan uh, with the best of them, and that's yeah. all. Yeah. <laughs> All Good right. Job. Our first honorable mention for Daily Dumbass. Anybody who takes the time to hack a Twitter account that's got like 40 followers. An Ohio GOP candidate named Jared Golden has blamed a vicious hacker for liking a whole bunch of MILF porn on his Twitter account. That's right. <laughs> He apparently, uh, unknowing that likes for public information, went on a bit of a spree looking at these sexy, aged ladies, and then later yeah. claimed that his account was compromised, in fact. 
Yeah, he said he, he said he was hacked as if like Antifa or the Chinese government or whoever would go after a Republican candidate for county auditor in Franklin, Ohio, who right. again had like 40, 50 followers. And he, <laughs> the hacking doesn't even make superficial sense because interspersed with his likes of MILF, of MILF pictures were like Trump was right about the election. So unless the hacker is like, Liking those tweets too. It's yeah, well, we got to keep it consistent. They're trying to paint a believable picture, Mark. You got to, you got to, yeah. you know, you got to be, uh, you know, you got to pay attention to the details if you're going to frame somebody for liking milf porn. Although I'll say porn is a strong word. Uh, yes. For this, because, your mat. <laughs> yeah, we could show it on here. It's fine. Look, see yes. that they got clothes just, on still. Like it, I swear to God, I would just, I don't know. Just roll with it. <laughs> if you're running for just county auditor or whatever, it's like, you know, who don't like uh, sexy ladies in tank tops? It's fine. It's not. It shouldn't be all that scandalous. But I guess, I don't know, all the other stuff that the, you know, family values party has pulled and it been totally fine. I feel like this probably wouldn't have mattered. The only reason we even know about it is probably because, you know, he, claimed he was hacked. <laughs> yeah, right. If this is like some guy noticed it, some just random dude in this town noticed it. If he just done nothing, nothing would have happened. But he had to issue official denial to lie that he was hacked. And then <laughs> this happened. But like, this is so innocent within the standards of the Internet. Yeah. So like, who would care? It's just like no one would care but his wife and maybe even not Ben. Right. right. So like, <laughs> yeah. He should have been like, what? You, got, you don't think they're pretty? You saying these lovely ladies ain't attractive? Is that what you're trying to say? Like he'd been better off doing that than whatever the hell this is. Yeah, He's the hacker thing. I don't. I mean, I guess it's because there's no other card to play in their minds. But like, how many different times you know someone's going to claim to be hacked every time anything? Like there was a basketball player, right, who was liking some anti-Semitic stuff, all the rage lately, mm. and uh, said that he said he was hacked. But yeah, it's just always the go-to to the point that I don't think anybody ever really believes it uh, now, anymore. Ha hackers aren't that subtle. People get hacked, you know, because one, either they post crazy out-of-pocket stuff yeah. like, on Maine, or they try to sell like they try to sell stuff to your account. You yeah, know. I got I actually I did get I got my Facebook hacked once a few years ago, and they immediately like changed all my picture my profile pictures and stuff to the ISIS flag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's like, like you said it's not it's not subtle like they were they went yeah. on a tear immediately before i you know got it back but i do uh, want to thank this guy for reminding me of like that time three or four years ago when ted cruz liked the milf porn tweet on 9 11 yep. so that yeah. i also immediately thought of that when I <laughs> <laughs> oh all right Ooh. Our last honorable mention for Daily Dumbass, Supreme Court justices, apparently, for not having even a third grade vocabulary. Listen to uh, Clarence Thomas in his abject confusion. I've heard the word uh, diversity quite a few times, and I don't have a clue what it means. All right. Uh, it bad. seems to me. So. <laughs> yeah, that's <all> <laughs> These guys, I just yeah, wanted to talk about the Supreme Court because they had two big affirmative action cases today uh, in between uh, smacking down Lindsey Graham and helping Trump. And it made me so fucking furious. Um, mm. Regardless of what you think about affirmative action, you can always tell the Supreme Court wants to do some bullshit because they say stuff like that where they sound dumber than they are. Right. Where it's like, 
according to the plain letter of the uh, of the law, it should be this way. And they go like, well, what do words even mean, really? And they start to sound like fucking Descartes or something. And <laughs> it's like, you know what diversity means. Even if you think it's bullshit, if, it, if it's a bullshit thing to aspire to, you know what people mean when they say it. They mean giving opportunities to people who are historically disadvantaged or not a part of your campus community. And you could be like, well, that's unfair to, I don't know, uh, rich white kids named Connor and Maddie. But like, <laughs> you, you can't fucking do it. It's just, it's so frustrating. So hey, I just want to point out real quick, just because I know you haven't seen it. I've got a newer bit that I'm doing where I talk about uh, like rich white people some. And the two names that I use for the names I give their children in the bit are Madeline and Connor. So okay. thank you for that. Yeah. You just, yeah. Uh, yeah. Gave me, yeah va- validated me there. Uh, uh, you know, although I, I don't think anyone would dispute that those are very white names, but I just want to let yes. you know we're on the same rich white page as far as that yeah. goes. Anyway, continue. So these two cases there, two, two cases they heard today are the university of North Carolina and uh, uh, Harvard. All right. And they're two very different cases, but they're being lumped into affirmative action together. So, so uh, North Carolina Solicitor General Ryan Park tried to answer uh, Thomas's question about what is diversity. And he says, oh, it's students. He said that students benefit from having classmates with different backgrounds and viewpoints. And he offered peer-reviewed research on the topic. And the justice retorted, I don't put much stock in that because I've heard similar arguments in favor of segregation, too. He's saying an yeah, argument for segregation was that students benefit from diverse, diverse yeah. viewpoints? I don't. Uh, I, I don't even begin to understand how that's supposed to make any sense. But I, but like, I think we talked about before Clarence Thomas came up. He's like, he seems to have that sort of, like, he talks about how real racism is and stuff, but he always couches mm-hmm. it in the way of like, which is why, uh, you know, we don't need to coddle black people. He sees stuff like this as like being hurtful or whatever. It's like, uh, you know, like it's, I don't know. He has a similar sort of outlook. He seems to as like JD Vance does on like poor white people or whatever is like, you yeah, know, they're just, it's just the way they are. And, you know, it's not helping them by trying to help them or whatever, but there are other, I know that part of their rationale, correct me if I'm wrong, had something to do with, I guess in a previous case years ago, Sandra Day O'Connor made some statement about how, you know, by the year 2028, uh, affirmative action will no longer be necessary in this country. Mm-hmm. Ma- just trying to be optimistic about the future of race relations in America is clearly all that was supposed to mean. Like it is my sincerest hope that in the future, you know, mm-hmm. and we won't even be talking about things like this, but they're now today treating that as like, like an expiration date on the concept yes. of affirmative action or something. It's like, you know, we're getting there yeah. really, we don't even need the next six years. We can just go ahead and cut it off, but it's got a shelf life anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I read that O'Connor quote earlier today too, and it's like, well, I I also wish there was no racism, but yeah, wishing right. <laughs> right is the the thing. The, if you want to know what these fucking like elitist schmucks are concerned with, the two cases it's been two and a half hours arguing about North Carolina and six hours on Harvard. Fuck Harvard! <laughs> uh, I, I cannot give less of a fuck about Harvard. And the, the premise of the Harvard case is that this, like this white dude, I'm forgetting his name, he's in charge of both cases. He's a conservative legal a- a- activist who spent like 30 years trying to destroy affirmative action, among other, other religious liberty cases and so forth. He takes a ton of money in just to fight these bullshit cases. The premise of the Harvard case is that Harvard is discriminating against Asian students by having some sort of artificial cap on their numbers. Because if they if it was based purely on meritocracy, 
Mm. Every Asian tiger mom would have their kid in Harvey. All right. Mm. So, but they like the, I, this goes to something I'm going to have a hard time expressing this because it's like too big of a thought, but like the, the point of affirmative action is to break up social networks, right? Or allow people to enter social networks that wouldn't otherwise be in. Cause if you're, you're right. locked out of stuff, right? Yeah. It, like, it's sort of like, it's kind of like regulations on big corporations when it comes to the environment and stuff in my mind. Cause mm-hmm. it's like, you know, you have to do something because they're not going to do it. Like these are, they're never going to get these opportunities because of the way these systems work and have always worked. Mm-hmm. If there isn't some mechanism that, you know, affords them the opportunities and it will have to be implemented because yes. the institutions in question are never going to take those steps on their own. So that's why we yeah. need things like this. But it also goes to the heart of like the twisted reason people want to get into Harvard because like they're not, it's not, not there for the education. You can get educated lots of places. Like, like the, the famous scene in good, in Goodwill hunting where it's like, you got, you spent a uh, hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollars in education. You could have gotten with a library card. Right. But like the, the, what they want is to get into those social networks. They want to get into skull right. and bones and all the other social right. networks. So then they can pull up the ladder behind them and be in there now. Right. Right. So, but like, I look, the whole premise that Harvard is eligible to be to have any oversight from the federal government is that they take federal funds. Harvard doesn't even have to do that. They could tell the government to fuck off and just be fully private. I looked up Harvard's endowment trade. Do you know what it is off the top of your head? Jesus, dude. I wouldn't even want to hazard a guess. $53 billion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I knew it would be insane, but I didn't, I, I didn't. I wouldn't have guessed that. $53.2 billion. I'm going to short them that $200 million because they get educated a shitload of kids for that $200 million if they wanted to. If Harvard just wanted to educate, and literally everybody who wanted to go to Harvard could get in. <laughs> they could start satellite campuses in like places where there's land like Iowa and fucking Texas and shit. They're not going to do that because the exclusivity is the point because they want to keep the social right. networks. And this drives me insane. Like, I look at it like Yale's endowment, by the way, is they're, they're their second place with $42.3 billion. Stanford is 37.8. Princeton has $37 billion. Uh, it's like all these places are private. <laughs> and it's just like it, it makes me like I don't know how to like it's, it's, it's something broken about all this. I, I don't know even know how to fucking phrase it. But like it's a, it's it's not egalitarian in the, in the slightest. But going back to the premise of affirmative action, which Harvard's not doing at all, because like 80 percent of their students are legacy admits, which means their parents went there. It's like because they're, you know, alumni give donations. Yeah, right. And, because <laughs> you got you couldn't possibly chip, crack into that endowment. You got to keep growing it, baby. Every college is now just a fucking uh, a real estate hedge fund, right? That also has a few students, and just like this whole thing finds me uh, makes me furious because it's like it gets the whole idea of education. Um, but like there was this moment in it that did make me laugh. Uh, Justice Samuel Alito took a wholly gratuitous pot shot at Senator Elizabeth Warren, asking whether someone counts as a racial minority if their quote family lore claims American Indian heritage. <laughs> so Elizabeth Warren's called a random fucking stray at a Supreme Court hearing about affirmative action. It's like yeah. just like I don't even understand. Like, what would even like a purely meritocratic admissions process look like? Just test scores, right? Because like, can athletes go or musicians? Or like people that are good at acting, or like, does the college essay count? Does like, does you know, um, uh, public service? Does what they're going to major in count? Or like, like because like, they, you can't you do things purely meritoc- meritocratically. You're not going to get the best students in the first place because that's not how the real world works. We all start off on uneven light. Let's say, let's say I was actually a good student. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's pretend that that was the truth. Let's say a kid like me who was like an aspirational student who wanted to go to Harvard. 
A kid like that in my high school, if they'd gotten straight A's and everything, would only have like a 4.1 average because we only had two AP classes. Right. You're not getting to fucking Harvard unless somebody right. looks at you and goes, oh, well, you're from a yeah. poor community and that's the best you could do. So yeah. And that, yeah. that's why that's again, that's why I think you need considerations like this and everything, because some kids are born into situations, whether it's their race or socioeconomic or whatever, that they have zero control over. And if you're purely just looking at like kids with the best scores and the best grades from the best schools, there's so many reasons that, you know, kids like that, you know, were born into an inherently disadvantaged in that way situation yeah. can just never possibly crack through. Like literally no matter what they do. And that is just mm -hmm. inherently unfair. And so, you know, we should try to do something yeah. to combat that you would think. But as soon as I saw that they were even ruling on the idea of affirmative action, I was like, well, OK, so that's gone. I'm assuming like yeah. just because of the way, you know, the way they be. Yeah. And I'm like, you can, not, you can, even if like the idea of race-based admissions annoys you, like, it's just like, you take this per people that look exactly like you got a kid who's raising the younger siblings with perfect grades, who has two jobs the night before SATs. And you have, then you have a kid that looks exactly like them taking the SATs, who has rich parents, who doesn't have to work, who has right. uh, private tutors and private SAT prep. And their parents right. bought them an ADHD diagnosis so they get extra test time. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's a level playing field according to the Supreme Court. Right. Exactly. All right. Well, yeah, let's get into it. You guys all saw the uh, the home invasion and hammer assault on Paul Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi's husband, last week. Uh, and it seems like maybe it's not as simple as we all thought, Mark, or at least to hear to hear the right wing talking heads put it anyway. We talked about the beginnings of this fucking weird conspiracy movement stuff on Friday when it was only like three hours after news had broken after the attack. But like, I didn't, I even, I'm pretty cynical about our modern, at uh, this moment, modern American politics, but even I didn't imagine it could get this fucked up this quick. Um, it feels like something, this feels like a moment <laughs> where, where this should become true to everybody that the right wing is completely unhinged and detached from reality. But I don't have, like, even the way the mainstream media is covering this, it's like a both sides of a problem of violence type situation as opposed to looking at the lies going on about it. But first, let's talk about what actually happened. All right. Guy named David DePape, 2.30 in the morning, Friday morning, breaks into Nancy Pelosi's house, uses a hammer. He's going to hold Paul, her husband Paul hostage till Nancy got home. Uh, Paul surreptitiously called, surreptitiously called 911. And just let the, he just pressed the buttons on his phone where the operator could hear him talking to the guy and figured, she figured out what was going on as he talked in code. And then when the cops got there, the guy realized that he was busted and smacked Paul around with a hammer. That's as close as I can come to summarizing the public details of how this went down right now. All right. But how this is reported in the beginning, and this is to be expected from first day reports where there's going to be holes or mistakes or it's the game of telephone, fog of war type bullshit. There was a local reporter who said, then retracted, that DePape was in his underwear. All right. Mm -hmm. But that, that fact hasn't gone away from public consciousness, even though the reporter admits he misunderstood. It was probably Paul Pelosi was in his underwear because he was at home at 2.30 in the morning. Right. <laughs> it's legal to sleep in your underwear. Nothing weird about it. Just want to put that out there. Um, then there's another report from somewhere that is since vanished that said there was a third man there who had let police into the home. Don't know where that came from or why it went away. But like, I'm not particularly trusting a police, but there are two different police agencies involved here because I got, got, got hit with federal charges. You got the FBI, you got the local San Francisco police. If you follow local San Francisco politics, you would know that the police department 
fucking hates people like Nancy Pelosi. They would do nothing to carry water for her. As far as I can see that unless she has some strings to pull that I don't fucking know about. Um, they also pretended to be confused about when he got hit with the hammer because like, how is he calling 911 if he has head trauma from being hit with a hammer? Right. right. So, I don't know what to say about so that. yeah. So all these things that you've laid out immediately got latched on to by people on the right as being like holes they were poking in the convenient yeah. cover story of the Paul Pelosi affair. Basically they're like, well, none of this makes sense. This can't possibly be true. I mean, as soon as I even saw that it happened, I knew it, like you said, I knew it'd be some bullshit, but yeah, I didn't know the full extent. I knew they'd be like, tasteless jokes and shit probably and i also figured i figured they'd be like listen this man was just unhinged and ain't got nothing we don't need to politicize things like this is where i thought they'd probably go and mm-hmm. you know antifa oh, well, how why would antifa do something like this antifa strikes yeah. again some of that but it goes further even there's more than that it's farther ranging and a lot of darts yeah. a lot of darts being thrown right yeah. now well, we can skip this Jesse Waters video because we kind of just sort of talked about it. But uh, <clears throat> the so here's a summary of the 48 hours after the attack of the series of conspiracy theories <clears throat> that uh, uh, that they went through. This is from uh, 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 Media Matters, I think. So first, there was speculation it was a false flag operation, right? Uh, just like just like January 6th, there was a hoax hoax perpetrated perpetrated Democrats to show up support for their party by slandering the right just for the midterms. Um, there's one version that Antifa did it, like you said. Uh, there's another that Nancy Pelosi was furious, mad abandoned her husband over the DUI he got a little bit a uh, while ago. Had She had him, like, had staged a hit on him. Um, <laughs> then there was a whole thing. The whole thing was a lie. They're comparing Pelosi to Jesse Smollett. Um, Dinesh D'Souza went all, all in on this one, which is funny because he went all in on all the conspiracy theories we're going to be talking about, even though they're mutually exclusive. You can't have a version where Nancy arranged the hit and also Paul was having a gay affair with the guy who hit him. Right. <laughs> and it's like, anyway. Well, it's uh, also like the, like, I don't know, the these exact types of conspiracy theories are the things <laughs> that lead to these events anyway. Do you know what I yes. mean? So it's like this vicious cycle and like a feedback loop where it's like some guy reads some crazy far-flung shit on the internet, gets radicalized by it, takes action, uh, you know, in response to it, commits some crazy politically motivated attack, which then gets turned into <laughs> uh-huh. this wild conspiracy theory about the evils of the left. And it just goes on and on. Like it's, I don't yeah. know. The shit is wild, man. Yeah. So D'Souza said the guy was obviously Antifa because um, the websites and his social media that had contained all his conservative politics and conspiracy theorizing, he claimed they were fabricated just because he couldn't find them, but they were taken down. Like every mass shooter or attacker of the political manifesto was taken down by the because social networks don't want to be associated with it. And also the FBI asked them to, so they're not copycats. Anyway, all that's pro forma, but of course it becomes evidence of the conspiracy when you believe in the conspiracy, just like everything does. Um, they, that brings them to the part where they're denying that the paper was genuinely right wing, even though there's a ton of evidence. There was an interview with a friend of his today who talked about how he got radicalized by going on internet wormholes and the QAnon. January 6th stuff, COVID denial, all of it. 
anti-Semitism, to like uh, anti-immigrant uh, conspiracy theories, which is funny because he's now part of an anti-immigrant conspiracy theory we're going to get to in a little bit. Right, right. Um, so, but they had lied and said because he used to be affiliated with the Green Party uh, in like 2007. Uh, and also, again, because <laughs> this guy was like part of some sort of nudist group and, and is from San Francisco and at one point made money selling hemp bracelets that reads to them as a left winger, which like, right. if you're familiar with any sort of how woo-woo politics interacted with COVID denialism and anti-vax stuff, all those people are super right wing now. So there's nothing different. Every nudist who sells hemp bracelets is now a fucking Nazi. That's how, that's how this works. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like their whole thing is basically like, he's a damn hippie. Hippies yeah. can't be right wing. Uh, and they just, Charles Manson. Like, I, Charles yeah, Manson Charles, was a fucking Nazi psycho. Also, yeah, I mean, yeah. isn't uh, uh, the QAnon shaman, like he's that type of dude too, isn't he? Yeah. Like he's mm-hmm. all like you know, vegany, hippy dippy or whatever. And I mean, you know, it's not like it's unprecedented, but it's all it's just funny that it's treated as like an incontrovertible fact of law of the universe by them. It's like if you sell hemp jewelry, <laughs> you must be a commie liberal or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So after going to those conspiracy theories, uh, the main one they settled on is the one we mentioned earlier, is that uh, Pelosi, uh, Paul Pelosi and DePape are lovers. And the, result, uh, the assault was the result of a lover's quarrel that he happened to bring a hammer to, I guess. Uh, and because Paul got the DUI a few months ago, he also must be drunk at the time. They just fabricated a drunkness. Right. Just a, out of nowhere. And a guy. Because the guy got drunk before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that too. But at least there's a guy there. They can't even prove anything fucking wine or booze in the house. Like, it's just there like, was a guy there. <laughs> yeah. Which brings us to Elon. Because when this went mega wide was Sunday morning when Hillary Clinton posted a news story about the attack and just said basic pro forma stuff about how this is bad for democracy when there are attempted assassinations, which is one of the things Hillary said that's true, one of the few. Um, but so it, he tweeted this. He has like 100 million Twitter followers. Yeah. And he tweeted a link to this to this story about how Paul uh, uh, Pelosi and David DePape were having a gay affair from a publication called the Santa Monica Observer, which is the original definition of fake news. They literally ran a story in 2016 saying that Hillary Clinton was dead and she had been replaced by a Democratic body double at a debate with Trump. This is the same website, the world's richest man is tweeting out to 100 million people. Um, this is, <laughs> it feels like we've yeah. lost the <laughs> lost the center of anything. Like there's yeah. no shared reality. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, and Elon, he's got such a cult now, especially after the Twitter stuff, because I know that like when Pelosi gay lover, it wasn't Pelosi's gay lover. It was Pelo- hashtag Pelosi gay lovers. It also had a grammatical error in it. But uh, mm-hmm. when that was trending, you know, on near the top of Twitter or whatever, most of the like uh, the replies and the tweets and stuff that I saw about it were people celebrating the fact that this was possible now on Twitter because of Elon you know what um, I mean? They were like, thank you, Elon. Free speech is back on Twitter. It was like they're celebrating. It's like, this is this is the pinnacle of free speech. Hashtag Pelosi gay lover. But they're all jerking him off for allowing this to run rampant on Twitter as if like there haven't been crazy, you know, uh, 
right wing hashtags have trended plenty of times before. But yeah, he's like become, you know, attached directly to this uh, type of shit. And he's got a massive cult of personality and everything. And uh, yeah, shit's just it's, you know, it's something else. It's it's at least, it's wild watching him radicalize himself in real time because he's just going where the people tell him he's awesome, which I guess exactly. you know, human, natural human instincts. But it's just like. Jesus, man, you got up until a few months ago, you were the richest man in the world. Now he's now. I feel like he's broke now. He's the way he's behaving. He's broke as fuck. He had to buy Tesla for for three. I mean, he bought had to buy Twitter for three times more than it's worth. His Tesla stock's down forty four percent. Crypto is is went to zero. So this motherfucker's gonna be washing dishes in a couple months. Um, so there's just one problem with this conspiracy theory, though, and that's that it's been debunked by mm-hmm. David DePape. Yeah, by the man <laughs> himself. Yeah. Yes. He told the FBI, and this is a sworn affidavit to um, an agent who specializes in domestic terror. So, like, what, like, if, you, if you're a raving conspiracy theory and you want to, like, I don't believe in any of this, okay, but sh- this woman will go to jail if this is wrong because she's working with a law that's true. Okay. So, um, the guy says uh, he went there to break Pelosi's knees unless she would come clean about the Democratic cabal because she's the ringleader of its lies. He was going to hold Paul hostage so she got there. And then he also, there's an LA Times report um, that came out today that said he was on a suicide mission. And so I guess he wasn't going to stop with Pelosi after he broke her knees to get more names. He was going to go to those places and break those people's knees to get more names and kill them or whatever. This guy was all in for it. But like you talked about earlier about how these they, they'll jumpstart this shit, then run away from it and claim these people aren't theirs. We talked about this before, but imagine you're this guy. <laughs> right. Yeah. You risked yeah, it all it for happened, the cult. It happened with the QAnon shaman and so many of the yeah. other ones. It's what always happens. Like you get disavowed immediately. Like mm-hmm. you think you're going to be, you know, a hero, like front page of the right wing lunatic comic book, you know, have your face yeah. on it. And then as soon as you do some shit that you've been led to believe is the exact thing that this country needs immediately, they start calling you a fucking commie leftist hippie. They don't even do <laughs> Naked the gay commie leftist hippie. <laughs> like the honorable Republican conservative thing would be to accept the reality of what he did and admonish him for it. They don't even do that right. and give him that much credit. They right. he goes like, hey, look what I did for Q, guys. I'm down. I, I risked it off the cause, and they go, LMAO, this dude gay. Yeah, so right. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ, <laughs> fuck. The whole thing is like, I don't know how I got around to feeling sorry for him. Um, so no, but didn't he? Maybe you said this. I know you said he he planned on breaking her kneecaps, but didn't he also say he wanted to do that so she would then be in a wheelchair? Uh, as like a sign to liberal politicians everywhere to other Democrats and stuff. Like when she rolls into the house of representatives in her wheelchair, everybody will look at that and be like, Oh damn, we better stop caring about gay people and black people, I guess. Or, <laughs> or we're, <laughs> all gonna get knee, we're all going to get kneecapped too. But yeah, no, yeah. it was a pretty, pretty straightforward and vicious uh, idea that the guy had, which he's been very, very open about. And yet, yeah, they won't hear it. There was a. It doesn't, but like this has escaped from either fact or fiction at this point, even though it's all been proven to be fiction. It's just purely in the world of meme now, which means it's nothing but jokes. The Paul Pelosi, who, by the way, I'm not a fan of, he seems quite obviously a crooked businessman, but he's an 82 year old, 82 year old man who got hit in the head with a hammer, and he's still in intensive care. Uh, anyone with a shred of humanity 
probably shouldn't be making a lot of fun of that. Not in public anyway. We all make shitty jokes in private. That's what being, being in private's for. But like, so let's run through a list of these. Don Jr. Um, suggested a Halloween costume that evolved a pair of underwear and a hammer. He also deleted, like, let's look at this for a second. So that's used underwear. So either he, that's obviously yellowed out used underwear. So either he posted a picture of his own busted ass filthy underwear or he got on the internet and bought used men's underwear. <laughs> yeah, can't figure this out. Uh, he also posted a since deleted Instagram post with an altered frame from a South Park comic that depicted two men having sex that implied they were Pelosi and DePape. Wendy what, Rob- is part is part of their whole conspiracy thing that was Paul supposed to also did he also have a hammer? Were there two hammers? No, they just the guy the guy attacked him had a hammer. Right. So. Well, so really, see Don Jr. This is a David DePape costume for Halloween. But oh, but the, that's part of the conspiracy theory is that DePape was in his underwear because they were fucking. No, I know that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like yeah, underwear and a hammer. Oh that, yeah, yeah, you're dressed. Yeah. Hey, I'm just, I'm just. Uh, I got to, you. Yeah, I'm just trying to point out that even in making his tasteless joke, that he, uh, yeah. that it's, it lacks logical consistency. You know, I don't know why I'd be surprised by by that. But. I do want to say that I seriously doubt any self-respecting, sexy gay man would be caught dead in underwear that looked like Don Junior's right there. But that's mm-hmm. a whole different conversation. Uh, Wendy Rogers, who's in the, uh, is a low Arizona congresswoman uh, in, in the state in the state senate. Sorry, uh, she shared a, a Amazon listing for a Paul Pelosi fake attack novelty item headpiece. It was like you know the, the, the things Steve Martin used to wear with an arrow stick. Maybe it took his arrow stick in his head. It was one of those with yeah. a hammer off the side of your head. <laughs> Congressman Clay Higgins uh, joked. Uh, he posted a meme. that was like that moment you realized the nudist hippie male prostitute LSD guy was the reason your husband didn't make it to your fundraiser. Um. Elected representatives, man. You know what I mean? Like, it's wild that they, you know, used to the whole like line on any kind of politician was like, oh, they never say anything. Like, they can't say nothing. You know what I mean? They all, they're so uh, political and diplomatic all the time. And all they care about is PR and fucking, you can't get them to say anything real. And now they're just out here just letting their fucking fascist freak flags fly at Uh every, uh, every, every given opportunity. It's, uh, yeah. The, uh, the, Kari Lake had an event. She's running for governor of Arizona where she uh, she was talking about how we should put guns in schools and then made a joke about how Nancy Pelosi does like her kid, Nancy Pelosi's house less protected than our schools or whatever. And then uh, the whole crowd guffawed at it, which is like beyond it being dumb and kind of gross. It, it's not even a good joke. This one mm-hmm. is it's right a good evil joke. I can do it. Right. Uh, <laughs> Even the same when Glenn Youngkin made a shitty joke, he's supposed to be the same nice guy Republican, the governor of Virginia, because he wears a fucking fleece. Even though he's, I could have told he's as much a psycho as anyone, but the media got fooled by him because he presents as affable. But let's talk about the ways this tangentially relates to reality, because they're trying to spin into a story about urban decay and crime. We talked about that right. on Friday, but like they've gone way overboard. But like it's this this transitions from the realm of being total total like lies to just bullshit, right? It's because like. My, I want to tell you this tweet. Marjorie Taylor Greene tweeted that violence and crime are rampant in Joe Biden's America. And then she said, it shouldn't happen to me. That was her reaction to Paul Pelosi getting hit there with a hammer, is it shouldn't happen to me. <laughs> uh, which I guess is how you, like, 
Green already walks around acting like a person who's already been hit in the head with a hammer multiple times, <laughs> makes having flashbacks. But like, listen to this GOP rep on Fox News if you want to see how they're talking about it. All right. With this man uh, who say that that he was really disturbing, a megalomaniac, and so out of touch with reality. So we have a this is this is probably the bigger problem that we have on our hands right now, Congressman. No, oh, 100 percent. I was a federal prosecutor. And like when you let dangerous criminals out, out on the streets, you know, with bail and not put them in prison, you're, you're just asking for this, this sort of. He wasn't on bail. And right. He created the environment where this happens. In each of these cases, I always see a pattern of conduct. There are uh, you cut it back. Yeah. We're, so they, like he's trying to make this about bail reform when nothing about this case, like as we talked about on Friday, anybody that promises to stop crime is a fucking liar. As long as there are bills, there'll be crime. So like the, the, you can make, you can do stuff to try to combat, combat crime and bring it down. But like, fuck, I don't even know what to say about these assholes. No, um, it's just, they're just like, again, they're just, it's anything other than, you know, our rhetoric. <laughs> radicalizes people to be violent the stuff that we all either you know either like implicitly endorse or outright push onto our base you know leads to shit like this directly the dude Mm -hmm. straight up admits it himself but they just can't you know they can't have that so it's just any other way that they can find to deflect it back onto actually it's it's the left it's a human centipede information cycle because it's like, we say stuff, the gas is got to hit somebody with a hammer. We go on TV and say, see, people are getting hit in the hammer, hit, hit with right. hammers. And Joe Biden's America, she should elect us to stop people getting hit with the hammers. And the ha- more people have to do hammer attacks. And around and around we go. But like, that's that's a cynical way to put it. Even more cynical way to put it is, it's a nice head you have. You better vote for us or something with a hammer might happen to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Because this is just, but like, so that guy talking blames it on bail reform. Hold that thought in your head while you listen to Charlie Kirk, probably the second most prominent conservative influencer in America, suggest what should be done about this. Why are we to blame for that exactly? And why is he still in jail? Why has he not been bailed out? By the way, if some if some amazing patriot out there in San Francisco or the Bay Area wants to really be a midterm hero, someone should go and bail this guy out. I bet his bail's like (laughs) thirty or forty thousand bucks. Bail him out and then go. All right, ask him some questions. So, he says, "Then go ask him some questions." What? What's the? I don't know. What's he? What's he implying there, or whatever? What's he actually even we, saying? If we bail him out, we can get the real answer about the gay affair story. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, another element of this where it's not quite fantasy, but it's just bullshit, is that uh, the Pape is an illegal immigrant. Now, the Pape is from Canada. I don't know his immigration status, and neither do they. All right. It's important to remember this. But watch Jesse Waters and Fox News talking about how he's an illegal immigrant. And that's the real problem here. Actually, you know what? Fuck, I just told you what he said. Matt. You <laughs> it's, what's the point? <laughs> so, yeah, it's fucking we're soft on crime. Leave criminals yeah. out on bail. We let immigrants into this country. They're violent. It's the first time I've ever heard them make that argument about a white immigrant, you know, a Canadian immigrant. I thought the Canadian, I thought they only cared about the immigrants that came from, you know, down there as opposed to up there, but just anything they can latch on to. I also saw that Ted Cruz liked or retweeted the whole thing about this dude being an, a 
immigrant from Canada or whatever. Yeah. Which Ted Cruz is <laughs> from originally from Canada. Yeah. The, the that was that was a Border Patrol tweet because like so Border Patrol retweeted this thing about. By the way, Border Patrol is not ICE. They're two separate agencies. Border Patrol wouldn't necessarily know this guy's immigration status. And no one knows this guy's immigration status as far as I know because like it. I'm willing to bet that a guy that mentally ill forgot to re-up his visa. Uh, there, there's the tweet from the Customs Border Patrol Union saying this. But like this all, someone tried to figure out where this started. There was a Washington Examiner opinion piece that asserts that since nobody has yet reported on his immigration status, it must be because he's an illegal immigrant. So because no one said or found out yet, obviously there's a cover-up. All right, now we have the beginning of a conspiracy theory. So the logic is that since no one's reported he's in the U.S. legally or not, we must assume he's not. So then, then you open the Border Patrol doing this because the Border Patrol Union likes this thought process because it wants to promote the idea that crime is caused by folks who don't have immigration status. Corner ret- and then Corner retweets it because he's a shameless fucking hack. All right. So do you want to follow all the stuff that's happened here? <laughs> In the beginning, this is because of lawless San Francisco and Democrat crime. Then it's because of Antifa did it. It was a, it was a, a, a you know, a, False flag attack staged by Nancy Pelosi herself. Then it was Nancy putting out a uh, hit on her husband because she's mad at him for getting a DUI a while back. Then it was a gay hookup going wrong. Now it's illegal aliens are to blame. Or is it D or E or whatever rat by now? It's all the fucking above. It's all it's all the above. All these mutual exclusive stuff are happening at once. They believe all of it at once. They don't believe any of it. And fucking drives me insane. And I, I, don't, I don't know how we like... Somebody's got a fair way to pull us back from this, man, because you can't govern a country where like fully 40% of the people believes all this bullshit. Now. I know. And it's like you said, it's crazy. It's because it's like you would think, I don't know, you would think it would matter to them to land on the one thing. Like if they believe that something happened, you'd think they'd want to figure out what that one thing was and go with it rather than just throw all the shit at the wall and somehow simultaneously believe all of it at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Even though some of it's contradictory and all this shit, it's just like literally anything but admitting what actually happened, which they got and- straight from the horse's mouth. You know, he admitted exactly why he did it, but they just can't have that. So here we In are. In this case... It might not even matter. It doesn't really, I guess it doesn't really matter fully whether 40% of the country thinks that Nancy Pelosi's husband was having a gay affair. It might even matter. But I saw these two stories today in an environment where everyone's mad about gas prices. There are two elections, right? We, in Florida and in Indiana, the Indiana state Republicans in the legislature blocked a gas tax holiday and are running on higher gas prices to blame Biden. And in Florida, Ron DeSantis ended a gas tax holiday and is complaining, running against Biden for high gas prices. Now, their followers will never know they, they fucked their own constituents to make them mad about right. gas prices because they can't get honest information. And right. that's the thing that that's that's the thing that matters more. Like what, whatever happens on November 8th after people vote, the things people come to believe about it are not to be granted in reality because this right wing infrastructure has been built up where there's a pipeline from social media like Twitter and Reddit to fucking Fox News to Congress to the former president. And it happens, it used to take weeks for it to happen. Now it happens in like 12 hours, and along with the help of the richest man on the planet or former richest man on the planet, depending on what you believe about his finances. So, yeah. That's yeah. it. We can get some comments right. now. Yeah, let's do some comments and questions. Also, I'll let y'all know, hey, Christmas is coming up. We still got them shirts. Go to weeklyskews.com. Check those out. Also, thank you, Matt. Like and subscribe, everybody. Hit the like button. Smash it, in fact. Subscribe to the channel. <laughs> 
and uh, tell your friends, rate and review. There's the shirt. Yeah, weeklyskews.com. All right, let's get some questions and comments in here. While we're waiting on the first one of those, I'll just give a little shout out. Uh, my Tennessee Vols undefeated going into the game of the century this Saturday against Corey Forrester's Georgia Bulldogs. It's going to, I hadn't even, I was getting ready for the show and hadn't looked at it, but Corey said, uh, I guess the college football playoff committee ranked Tennessee number one and Georgia three. I didn't see that coming. Also, assures me we'll lose now. But either way, it's been a magical season on Rocky Top, and I'm pretty happy about it. Skew me on YouTube says Elon sucks straight to the point. Um, anyway, okay. Oh, hold on now. I want to talk about this. Yeah. <laughs> Nicole Johnson says, anyone else deactivate their Twitter? Me and Mark were talking about this a little bit before we started, and it just really so I resent the fact that I like objectively need Twitter as one of my mechanisms for you know reaching you lovely people out there because I'm not happy about it either. But also, like, you know, we don't have to necessarily cede uh the space to the lunatics just yet. Obviously, I have selfish motivations, but um yeah, it's like the way Corey put it was he was like, you know, it, I don't it's the same way I feel about anybody that's got any sense moving out of North Georgia. You know, he's like, then the only thing that's left behind are the Marjorie Taylor Greens of the world. And I think there's something to that. But yes, I'm just saying this because, you know, I need to post uh, promos and videos and stuff on there. So <laughs> y'all only follow me is what I'm saying. Just follow me. Nothing else. Turn on Twitter and just be a Trey Crowder app. But no, people definitely are. There's an exodus for sure. Um, yeah. what, do you, what do you think about? All that, Mark. Taylor Stam says, I'm watching Twitter's decline, and it's fascinatingly tragic. Yeah, what do you think about it? Um, I am personally going to take a lot of joy in helping Elon lose every last dollar that he can. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I want to be a part of it. Because, like, you guys, like, paid attention to the background of, like, what, what he's up to. But, like, so today, he announced yesterday, he's like, we're going to charge $5 for a verification badge. And then by the end of the day, it was $20. And then Stephen King said, I'm not paying fucking $20 to be verified. And Elon was like, oh, come on, man. We got to get the lights yeah. on somehow. How about eight? How about eight? How about eight? Yeah, I thought it was funny. Him like haggling with Stephen King. As though, as if the price point was the sticking factor for Stephen yeah. King. You know what I mean? Like, is yeah. the, the fact that it was like, Stephen King was going to be like, Okay, well, hey, we can work. What about what about six? Can we go six? Like, I don't think it was the specific dollar value that Stephen King was balking at. So I did the math and said that even if like a full twenty percent of Twitter's verified users paid the full twenty dollars a month, it, it would still only add, add up to one percent of the debt service and the money Elon right. forced to borrow to buy right. Twitter if he fucked up and made the deal. Like, I don't think. Yeah. The general consent. Like, people seem to believe that Elon did a hostile takeover of Twitter, which he sort of did at the beginning of the year. But in the end, he was forced to buy it after really not wanting to because he didn't have the money anymore. And he was right. overvalued. So they like, Twitter to take him court to make him buy it. He doesn't want to fucking be there. He's already uh, fired half the staff. He can't afford to pay them. It's like, he's, he's sweaty right now. Zach H. says, Elon is like Edison. He stole all his best ideas from other inventors. Uh, I feel like it's what a lot of those invent. guys do, you know. Um, yeah. But Elon did Edison at least invented some stuff. Elon didn't even – Elon bought Tesla. He – he claims he founded it, but he bought it from two other dudes who were already who had already established the company. Like uh, his biggest his big innovations were getting a bunch of federal tax credits and stuff. So like, he, also I didn't realize this till recently. Do you know what Tesla makes their money? Because it's not by making cars. They sell the carbon offsets they get um, in exchange for being a green company to polluters. 
So their net, the net impact of their business is increasing pollution. <laughs> so yeah, there you go. <laughs> of course it is. Oh yeah. That's just about right. Right there. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's just, ne- what if, what if, what if, tra- what if Elon pretend he didn't have any money and you look at his behavior, he'd be like, that guy's fucking dumb. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely, dude. Yeah, based just on his like social media presence. Yeah, you would absolutely think that. Uh, Nikon Kolopakum says updates on the Georgia governor race, Grassley, Oz. Uh, yeah, I know Mark said the before we started, you were saying the latest polling is looking pessimistic or trending in that direction. But we talked about in the Patreon episode on yeah. Friday, polls are sort of up in the air anyway. So, but. Yeah, if you guys aren't Patreon subscribers, what we talked about is basically they interviewed a bunch of pollsters about the state of their industry. And the general takeaway was, the end of the piece, was pollsters take polls less seriously than we do because they know all the flaws, big ten of them. So just go vote and hope they're all a little off. You might think. <laughs> they're just guessing. They're, they're, they're guessing based upon limited responses and guessing about what the shape of the electric looks like and sampling the responses based on that. And they don't know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. What do you? Uh, how, what about Oz and Fetterman specifically? Uh, uh, I I think the Fetterman Oz race would be the one I would find most. Inf- I don't know. It's between that or Warnock and and Walker. I can't figure out which one I'd be more like pessimistic about the state of politics. At least, at least Georgia would understand why Republican would have a huge baked in advantage. But Pennsylvania is like a purple state, and it like doesn't. Mm-hmm. Oz's Oz's huge comeback victory based on nothing but racist trolling would be infuriating. Racist trolling and ableism about uh, Fetterman's stroke and lies about yeah. it. So that that would that, I think that would find that more depressing. Kim Cusato, yeah. longtime watcher and I believe also a patron, says polls are a coin flip. Um, yeah, I don't know. That again, that was the whole thing on on the last Patreon episode was trying to, you know, get into why they seem to be so much less reliable. And it has a lot to do with their outdated methodologies and stuff like that. They mostly rely mm-hmm. on just cold calling people and trying to get responses. And it's like, who the hell answers their phone anymore? Not, not just cold calling people. The thing that blew my mind was cold calling random phone numbers. Like it's like auto dialing random phone numbers with the same area code. So like everyone has a cell phone now. I don't live on my area code. It is neither do you. We talked about that on two. Like, so like mm-hmm. I would be getting polls from Texas. Yeah, um, I don't know what what use this shit is. So, Mister yeah. Wondrous says we need Beasley votes in North Carolina. That race is closer than Georgia, probably, and they're not. She's not getting any money because after the last few election cycles, the National Party refuses to believe polls from North Carolina. Um, Sandy Trunk says, "Yo, what's the Patreon link to subscribe to uh, TIA?" Thanks in advance, I guess. Uh, oh yeah, okay, well, yeah, good guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I figured it out. I used to work for federal government. I'm pretty good with acronyms. <laughs> uh, it's weeklyskews.com/slash/more, or if you just go to Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/TreyCrowder, if you want to check out my other wares on there, it's one of the options. I got a mm-hmm. tier where I do stuff. We got a SKUs exclusive tier, and then there's a combined tier where it's all the shit that I do plus SKUs all together. Ashley Stepnewski says. Uh, Vote man, Mandela. Is it Mandela or, or Mandela? Mandela Barnes? Mandela, Mandela Barnes, I think, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, uh, I, against Johnson? Yeah, against Ron Johnson in Wisconsin. I'd be, if, if Mandela wins, it's probably a very good night for Democrats. It's 
put it that mm. way. I hope he does, because Ron Johnson is probably the second worst person in the, currently in the Senate after Ted Cruz. It's close. There's a lot of bad ones. <laughs> but, like, Ron Johnson's running on coding Social Security. I don't fucking right. They used to be the third rail of shit. And, that, like, nothing sticks to these dudes. They just bullshit no. their way through everything. It's amazing. Now, and I know that Mandela Barnes has focused a lot on, like, working people and labor unions and things like that, you know? And that's the type of shit that I've screamed about for years. And, <sighs> you know, it if it ends up not working or not moving the needle, like most things seem not to anymore. It's uh, very discouraging. Pistols O'Brien mm-hmm. says vote Whitmer in Michigan, please. Yes, um, definitely do. She should be safe. If Tudor Dixon wins in Michigan, then it is a catastrophic, catastrophic night for yeah. all of America. <laughs> all right. Last one. And I like this one. Jason Bell on YouTube, YouTube says TIA is also Tuesday is awesome because it's skews day. You said it, Jason. Thank you guys very much. Uh, yeah. Trackrider.com for tickets. Weeklyskews.com slash more for the Patreon stuff. Keep coming back on skews. Days. We'll keep doing it. Thank you all very much. We'll see you next time. So you love you. Bye. Yeah.